0: Hello people this is Rocky Dawuni and you are listening to the psychotic bump school with your host DJ Rome on KCWG thetruth.com the best internet radio station on the planet
1: I can't see my money, but my mommy, mommy.
2: The The name of this program is psychotic bump school. My name is DJ Rome and we have experienced a multitude of losses ladies and gentlemen in the year of 2020 the list of celebrity passings already not even halfway through this year has been mind blowing Uh, some of it attributed to natural causes some of course attributed to this coronavirus we are experiencing. Uh, We will be here all (laughs) the whole show talking about all the losses, but we're here to focus on one in particular. Uh, We lost the drummer, Tony Allen, and Tony Allen was the very architect of what we came to know as Afrobeat music. Uh, He was a stellar, gigantic figure in the culture. Uh, We just lost him not too long ago, and I wanted to pay tribute to him with someone very special who's been here before. The good brother is halfway across the world. Well, no, he's not. He's all the way across the world now. Uh, the brother's been here before. He's a uh, Grammy-nominated uh, artist, celebrated worldwide, Ghanaian superstar. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, my good brother, Mr. Rocky Dauni. Mr. Dauni, are you there?
0: <laughs> I am doing good. How are you
2: doing? Man... All the way across <laughs> the planet, man it's so good to hear voice. yes, brother.
0: yes, yes, you know the the good magic good. of communication and the magic of radio, you know yeah, being able to share the same space at the same time you know exactly. it's uh, it's a it's a beautiful to me, especially in these times too, when you uh, know human human connection is becoming much more important because we cannot have it, you know, and uh, because of the prevailing circumstance, you know so the opportunity to be able to speak and, you know, share experiences and communicate and, um, you know, keep keep our our, our, our our pulse on what makes us tick, you know, what makes us human, you know. So Absolutely. it's an honor to be back again on your show.
2: Oh, man, it's always an honor to have you. And I know that uh, you are Ghanaian by birth. And so yeah. home is home for you. So I'm really glad that despite you being at a distance from your immediate loved ones, you got plenty of other additional immediate loved ones that you're very close to as you're there right now. So it's uh, it's certainly a give and take. Uh, But yeah, like you said, the the powers of technology and radio, it feels like we're in the same room right now, sharing the same exact space and having an ability to talk about something really important. I wanna talk to you about how your country is responding to this virus. But I first want to talk to you about Tony Allen. I happen to know just by some of, some of the photos I've seen online of you that you have actually at least met him. And I want to find out uh, what he meant to you. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what you know about the life of the great drummer from Fela Kuti's band, Tony Allen, who we just lost not too long ago, Mr. Rocky Daoni.
0: Well, you know, um, obviously growing up in Ghana, you know, uh, the music of Fela Kuti was you know, a very, very big part of my, my growth, you know, because you heard it on the radio, you heard it, you know, everywhere. Fella was, you know, a very, shall I say, larger than life persona. And um, I was, I grew up in the military barracks at that time, too. So the Ghanaian soldiers, you know, they had like a love-hate relationship with the music of Fela. First of all, they loved the militant aspect because they always saw themselves as liberators. So Mm. we saw that all the political issues were going on in Nigeria, but the Ghanaian soldiers were like, oh yeah, you know, Fela Fela was talking of Nigeria, not Ghana. But then when songs like Zombie, you know, became more of a mockery of soldiers, you know, so the Ghanaian soldiers, you know, like people used to use, if they want to talk, Against a soldier that would use the word "Oh, nazombi that, that you know so mm. so there was there was just kind of that love hate relationship, but you know the thing was that that music was powerful, that music was African, that music um, you know used elements of you know traditional ghanaian high life juju uh mixed it with funk and uh you know really uh combined it to with you know socially relevant messages you know so Afrobeat was. Shall I say a phenomenon and something that everybody knew was special? Mm -hmm. But Afrobeat, the the beautiful part of Afrobeat was not the colorful horn sections and also the lyrics, you know, which were all very important. But the groove of Afrobeat was a key, key part of the success of that music. You know, the groove of the music was just. Um, you know, it was something that Africans could relate to because, you know, it 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 uh, it reflected a lot of our traditional sounds, but there was some freshness about it. And the architect, and you know, one of the main people involved in creating this was obviously Mr. Tony Allen. You know, so at that time, you know, growing up, obviously, I did not know who were the people behind it but you know this music inspired me as an artist uh you know my sound also has a lot of you know influences from the music of felad and then also all our highlight music you know so tony allen became uh you know a hero of mine you know so as my st- my stature also grew and i started traveling around the world i had the opportunity of you know becoming friends with his manager and then also. You know, a while ago when I was in France, you know, we had opportunity of, you know, getting to meet, you know, and it was really love at first sight. He's like, you know, one of the most, you know, brotherly down to earth people, Mm. you know. I mean, somebody who's been such a cornerstone of such incredible success, African success story, you know, it it was just, you know, he was just down to earth. So we became, you know, acquaintances and friends and um So many times, you know, I even spoke about, you know, in terms of, you know, working on the projects together. Obviously, uh, that you know, that never came to pass, you know. But um, I saw him over the years several times, and um, you know, we got to speak about music and also Africa. And I feel that Africa has, you know, you know, sometimes the way we look at losses is a little different because we also look at, we have the ancestry. Uh, vision that, you know, sometimes when you lose somebody important, you also gain an ancestor, you know, so, you know, now Tony is a venerated ancestor who is going to keep inspiring all of us, you know, and, um, and, you know, till the end of his life, you know, he never really stopped working. He never stopped embracing uh, new sounds he never stopped challenging himself you know because mm. you know when he even did all the uh you know psycho on the bus uh you know projects that was kind of like taking his drums and mixing with you know dr l and you know electronic music and then his work with you know damon alburn and also flea and all these um, you know, musicians who come from different, diverse musical backgrounds, you know, Tony was always searching for the ultimate beast, the ultimate expression of his music. And, you know, he says, you know, when Tony plays on any 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 album or any song, you know, there was that signatory, you know, uh, you know, hi-hats, rim shots. Uh, you know snare sound you know the way that he used his snare the the beat was there but he also used the snare like like a talking drum you Mm. know so he was kind of like he encapsulated so many different dimensions of uh, an African ensemble you know which I think that most people did not really zone in on that aspect but whenever I heard him I heard you know like you know the one that played the badoo, the you know the bass drum you know the person that played the talking drum you know like all these aspects were all represented in his approach to rhythm you know so mm-hmm. i feel that you know he has you know he's he's beyond africa 70 and africa 70s um impact on popular culture he himself also moved into a space where he still created new standards that are going to be studied and, you know, learned And is going to be an inspiration for, you know, beat makers and groove makers and musicians for many, many, many years to come. So mm-hmm. although we've lost, uh, you know, his physical presence, you know, but for us, you know, we, it's not something that, um, you know, we are looking at it in sadness, you know, I mean, obviously, I know some people are his family and all of that, you know, but, you know, we we just give thanks for that, you know, his life was just so colorful and meaningful and has contributed a lot to the progress of African music uh, in general.
2: Absolutely. Oh, it's going to be Africa for learn for eternity now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. yes. yes. This is Enjoy on Sacks, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome on KCWG, thetruth.com, best internet radio on the planet.
1: Of the word and the sound forever. I believe now they come around and ask for that. Tell them it's the children of Judah. Breaker of a chain and a ruler. Everybody's spreading, everybody bring spread it, everybody, everybody saying yeah. A champion arise, we shall win. The champion arise, we shall win. spiritual war begins Don't you believe everything that you've been told We can be bought for shackles, neither with silver and gold Across the land I know that my story will be told coming from the young, we coming from the old Telling to the hills and the mountains to the west We conquered every fear and passed every death Converging from the cities, converging from the Them is the giant ruler? I and I are everybody, everybody singing everybody singing, everybody rising. The champion arrives, we shall win. The champion arrives, we shall win. Oh, 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 oh. A champion arrives. Another spiritual warfare. Oh, 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 here we come. Fight on, fight on. Oh, oh, oh here we come. Coming with another spiritual war. Oh, 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 here we come. Fight on, fight on. A champion arrives. Just seen another champion. A champion arrives, Show Se
2: Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome, and we're joined once again by the good brother Rocky Dauni, Ghanaian superstar. Uh, we've been paying tribute to the drummer Tony Allen, and we've just been chopping it up about music and uh, the, the, the enormous contribution that uh, African and Afrobeat music has made to artists across the world. And, um, you know, oh man, I, I, I don't want to forget to say this. I don't want to take too much time away from you, Rocky, but remember that album um and i know you do the the red hot riot oh yes um, yes and they did a remake yeah. of water no get no enemy and yes 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 I, I yes, don't, yes. I, don't, I don't know if tony played on that but there was a singer named uh reese who I, i'm pretty sure uh, Ye- yes yes i know yeah. reese very well yes exactly yes. so she told yes. me she, she was on the show and she was talking about the fact that when she recorded her part for that session she didn't record on water no Get no enemy but she was on another fela kuti song and she was just saying when she walked into the studio to record, she was just initially amazed that all the musicians were white. And they're playing <laughs> Afrobeat music and virtually every musician on every instrument was not, you know, brown skin brothers, you know. Yes. So yes. I think that says it all right there. I, I even in Lamert Park, you know, I've seen. Carrying you walking through Lamert Park here and there, and I would see these drum circles, or I would see an Afrobeat band, and it it would be brothers and sisters of a different mister. It, it would be it would be a white band, or it be a well. I think I think sisters. it's 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 something that happens
0: with a lot of uh, black music, you know, because mm-hmm. the thing is that um, usually you know black black music, um, you know, we innovate, we create new sounds. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, we move into new sounds, and then we, we, to some extent, abandon, you know, that sound. You know, I I don't say abandon like we leave it behind, but we move into the new, and then we're focused on the new. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, sounds like um, Afrobeat, you know, had its moment, its golden moments, you know, in Africa and Mm -hmm. also around the world. But then after Fela passed passed on there was renewed mm-hmm. I mean um, you know Fela was still at the later days of you know his you know where he was still relevant as a touring musician but you know he was dealing with you know the jailing being in jail all of those other stuff that were not music driven but was just his lifestyle and dealing with the politics you know yeah. and um, and and when he passed on those renewed interest in the music not only within um, you know, shall I say Nigeria and other parts of Africa. But because they had lived through those moments, it was not something that was new, you know. But then to a lot of college white kids, you know, who were you know discovering this new sound that was all of a sudden, you know, repackaged again and distributed, you know, you know, people were just blown away by, you know, the the, the genius of the work that was involved in what Fela had done, you know, previously and also currently, you know, so it became a music of sorts of even that people studied, you know, like in, you know, Berkeley, I've met, you know, a lot of kids from, you know, school of Berkeley and they all like Fela fans, you know, and most mm-hmm. of them, they'll start learning from like, let's say the highlight, the traditional, because when you start learning traditional African music from the drums you know patterns to the various tribal patterns, and then you come into the popular music pattern and then from the trajectory of African music from when it mirrored like big band music and then also it mirrored jazz, you know, and then the disco era, and, like everything that happened in popular culture, African music also kind of reintegrated and reinterpreted it you know, so you had like all these styles of African music that were evolving you know mm-hmm. alongside that you know so. I You know, and then all these uh, bands, I'll see like even high life bands right now, mm. uh, you know, that are not usually, you don't see Ghanaians playing it, you know, you see, uh, you know, like I'll be in Europe and I'll see like an all white band or, you know, a band from Croatia or a band from, right. you know, these really interesting places who've just discovered from all these reissues of this record. And mm. i fallen falling in love whilst at the uh, traditional homes of these sounds, I mean, they're still played, but it's, it, it's, it's always been part of the scene. So mm-hmm. it's not something that people are just like, oh, wow, you know, something new, you know, but it becomes something new in other places. And I think that's the beauty of music is that, you know, it's like water, you know, it does, it's, Due diligence in the place of inception and creation, but then it takes on a whole life of itself and it keeps going, and igniting new people and new followers and inspiring new people to interpret and appreciate. And I think that's what Afrobeat also did, you know. And then bands like, um, you know, the, because the post-fella wave, um, it wasn't a lot of Nigerian bands or black bands that were playing Afrobeat that became successful. I mean, there was a lot of them, though, but it was mostly a lot of the, um, you know, bands that were kind of cross-cultural, mixed, white, that were now interpreting the music to a new audience, Mm. um, which was younger white college kids who also, you know, who usually, when they champion something, you know, they champion it, you know? So bands like Anti Ballast, you know, all of a sudden became... They're, you know, one of the, you know, touring, you know, the most touring Afrobeat band in the world alongside the the Kuti Sons, you know, Fela and Femi, you know. So just because also that it became marketable uh, because of the popularity of the reissues and, you know, just like reggae music uh, right now, as you can see, the rise of the white reggae bands, you know, it was started Mm -hmm. in Jamaica and then it's, moved around, but some of the big reggae bands right now, you know, Revolution and all of that, you know, they're, you know, they're not Jamaicans, you know, but mm-hmm. are Americans, you know, so just because they're interpreting it now to a whole new generation of, um, you know, white kids who create, who support an industry. And so an industry has been burned out of this, you know, so wow. it, 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 it has become viable like commercially viable again, And uh, because uh, these uh, new actors who are in it are uh, pushing it to new audiences and spreading it far and wide, you know. So, but that's the beauty of music, you know. It's Mm -hmm. it's, uh, and I think you know, all everybody that creates, you know, you always know that uh, the music itself, once it's birth you know, it has a whole life of its own and that life you might not be able to even predict where that, that life goes. Just like when you have a child, you know, the the person grows and then, you know, has their own mind and become their own person and you turn around and start learning from this whole new uh, expression of life that you were part of, but you're also surprised by, you know, wherever it goes, you know. So I think yeah. it's just... Uh, it, it, it's just a reflection of, you know, the, the whole, you know, human experience that we, we inspire each other and we are, um, you know, we're all kind of cut from the same cloth, uh, despite mm-hmm. the fact that the politics and so many of, uh, you know, the topical expressions of uh, society has always pitted people against each other, but deeply, 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 we are always, um you know, working to connect with each other. I think music does a beautiful thing uh, to to express that. And you know, to see white kids and you know, you know, people who were you know playing Afrobeat and playing it with you know such precision mm-hmm. and uh, you know such love and rediscovering something that you know now makes sense for them in their life. You know, it's just a beautiful thing.
2: It is. I, I just hope the forefathers of getting are getting their just dues. And, you know, it's common just about with everything that we create. That yes. we create and then we move on and then someone else makes it more popular. Uh, it happened to my own father. You know, my father was a singer in his group, the Olympics. Uh, he wasn't an original singer, but he was he toured with that group for 30 years. And they were the first group to record a big global smash record called Good Lovin'. And it wasn't made popular by his group, the Olympics. That's what they were called, but they yeah, the uh, the young rascals who made it uh, a global smash. Oh yeah, good loving, do, 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 do. good loving, yeah. Everybody knows that song, but my father yeah. wrote that song first. But yet, it wasn't popularized and made the global sensation that it became until a white group did it. So yes, it's hard that yes. like yes. Jay Z in the world of hip hop becomes the one of the more celebrated figures uh, as far as the the skill set of rap and emceeing itself. But financially, you know, Jay Z is reaping the financial war uh, rewards of his gift. So it's hard for me not to hope for the same thing for the Afrobeat four founders. You know, it's nice that so many different people have now come to an appreciation and a discovery of how great this music is. But I hope. That there has been uh, the 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 progenitors of the music, like like you said, Femi Seun. I hope they're reaping the benefits of of you know being the, the ground zero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: I mean they they are. You know, and then also you know Fela built upon other um, shall I say amazing legends here too who um, inspired him. You know who you know where his you know afrobeat was kind of a combination of these uh, you know styles too that were here you know so the the beautiful thing is that you know we the, the young generation is learning a lot too in terms of the business of the business part you know to make sure that they are you know to some extent even a little bit too aggressively where Everybody is just focused on the financial aspect rather than the creative aspect of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is just because, uh, disproportionately, uh, many, uh, a legend, you know, even some of our legends here who have created, you know, some of the defining music and songs, uh, you know, right now, most of them don't even, you know, have a penny, you know, and, uh, you know, are you know, the heydays are gone and they're still we don't have like good uh systems that are able to collect for them and then, you know, some of your music too gets licensed in various places, used in various places, but they don't have a means by which they can be able to uh you know benefit directly from it. So it's it's something, you know, the history of black music is littered with such um, you know, uh, should I say cultural appropriation Absolutely. and uh, you know theft of um, uh, intellectual property and sound and all of that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, you know. But I mean, the thing is that for me, it's not even like that. Is not a conversation. The conversation is more about you know how the art itself you know can
3: mm-hmm.
0: can 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 move from place to place to place and mm-hmm. inspire other people and other people to feel the opportunity to be able to express it and expressing it you know and i think that um, you know we will hope that you know our the newer generation learn more and and some of us too you know we become much more savvy enough in terms of being able to control uh you know the the masters and also the publishing and understanding all these aspects too that are an integral part you know most of you know, some of the classic old musicians didn't even know about all these aspects and, you know, they signed off so much stuff that they didn't even understand what they were signing off, you know, so they were taken advantage of, you know, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a sad reality, you know, but it, it is definitely a reality, you know, where, yeah. you, know, you know, music becomes, is created from a certain place, it becomes popular and now there's a whole group, new group of actors who are reaping the benefits away from the people who created it. Yeah. And they've rebranded, they rebranded it with as a new name, but it's the same old rhythm that they learned
3: mm-hmm. from,
0: you know,
2: and, um, yeah, you know, you know another, we, good we, another good example, cause, uh, I want to talk to you, um, about this COVID stuff before we let you go, but Afro funky also play like drum and bass. And um, I had a sister on here a couple years ago. She's been here recently too, uh, and you know her, uh, Enjoy. And um, she was talking yeah. because you know she she's done some drum and bass music herself. And yes. we were talking about that on the show too. It's like the the creator of drum and bass was a drummer in a gospel group, and the the first drum and bass song was actually a sample from a, a gospel record called Amen. It was like the classic Amen break. And yeah. You know, sadly, that brother uh, didn't get the credit. I mean, he was shocked that his that little break in that song, the Amen song, uh, went created all over. A the yeah, created a genre. Yeah, whole genre. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh man, so I I can pick your. Well, look here.
0: at look at look yeah. at hip hop and James Brown. You know. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, like James Brown. James Brown, literally. I mean, if you're talking of a creator of hip hop, mm-hmm. I would say it's James Brown. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, because everybody was looking for all those breaks and and his drum pattern was what a lot of them makers emulated. This?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think about this? Because he got paid for his samples. People like um Jabo Starks, Clyde Stubblefield, yeah. the drummers. I mean, most people were sampling. Yeah, they were sampling James saying, Hey, you know, they, they were getting some of that in there for sure. Yeah. They were mainly sampling the drums. The drummers weren't getting broken off like that at, at yeah. to the same extent that James, I mean, for obvious reasons, James was the face of that music. We all know that. But isn't yeah. it interesting that the, the players, the musicians, the the people that are holding it all together, people like Tony Allen, Clyde Stubble? Yes, Scott, yes, yes. They're yes. the ones that the people are sampling. They, they, they're looking for those drum breaks, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Well, we're talking to Rocky Da'Uni. You, you see how gifted this brother is, man. I, I, I could just talk to you all day. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is KCWG, the this program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. Uh, we're chatting with uh, the incredible, incomparable United Nations Goodwill Ambassador, the good brother Rocky Da'Uni, who uh, is here to talk to us about the life and times of the great drummer, Tony Allen, And uh, before we let you go, man, we got a few minutes left. Uh, You are all the way across the world in Ghana as we speak. Uh, What can you tell us about what you're seeing in and around the area, people's response to coronavirus, the degree to which people are staying healthy out there and combating the the ailments of this virus? What can you tell us, good brother?
0: Yeah well you know their thing was that it took everybody by surprise you know just like how the whole world you know happened you know first of all i was um when it started i was actually up in the middle east and um i was on on tour and also part of a, a group of leaders uh, interfaith leaders uh uh you know traveling from jordan to palestine to uh, Israel, and by then you know the you know the the, the initial reports had, you know started about this whole thing that was happening in Wuhan and all of that. So from there, I came to Ghana, and um, you know first of all everybody was just you know going about their lives, and then the, when the reality started sinking in that this was something that's um, you know, first of all, everybody became paranoid about people of, you know, Asians, you know, all the Chinese that were coming in, you know, those um, incidences of people, you know, I mean, it, it it didn't carry on too far by incidences of people, you know, Chinese, you know, because there's a lot of Chinese here, you know, um, you know, people, market women asking, hey, where are you? Uh, Hi, Corona, you know. And oh, all of that, gosh. like people were playful about it, you know. I mean, it wasn't like in a in a bad way. There were people; they were kind of playful about it. But then, people started seeing uh, when all their um, our government, you know, started talking about, you know, lockdown and all. Of everybody saw the, the 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 seriousness of what that was. This crisis was, you know. Yeah. But you know, the the thing is that we you know africans our lifestyle is about living together you know we we are very tactile people we touch each other you know we hug each other we greet each other you know we live in communities we live in families you know we we have extended families you know so so when the whole thing came about social distancing and uh you know it was such a hard thing for the government to be able to implement here you know because uh, people were being careful. By the same time, you know, people when they go to their homes, they're just not gonna forsake their families. People live together, you know. So the realities were different, and um, and the message, though, you know, got into people, became very very aware. And right now, you know, everywhere, you know, you see people have, you know, uh, people are wearing masks, and those masks actually uh, a whole industry. Started from all the tailors started using local fabric to create masks. So, you know, people are having like designer looking masks and wearing them. So it's become a whole fashion thing here, you know, and, um, and you know, the, 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 also I, my message, you know, when this whole thing was going on was that being, an ambassador of environment for United Nations here, I've always seen the imbalance in our environment to be one of the key problems that are resulting in new types of viruses uh, that are currently um, showing up every time, you know, and and um, all these uh, destruction of old forests, the depletion of biodiversity, um, the trees that we're um, cutting and not replanting, uh, the destruction of clean water sources, and all of that—you know—which has been going on for a long time—and you know—and obviously climate change, that is a result of all these, by the same time, currently impacting the world. I see that that is the root cause of all of this. You know, I mean, Corona is one issue that we're dealing with, but beyond Corona, we're going to be dealing with other stuff. So, how do we change the fundamentals of our, uh, shall I say, engagement with all these new diseases that are coming? If we don't start looking at the root causes of it and start planting trees and start also, you know, if if something is coming from nature, I believe that the solution is from nature. So. You know, in Africa, we've always had uh, uh, traditional cures that have been used for, you know, respiratory diseases, boosting of immune systems that are all steep in nature. You know, so I think that a lot of these solutions for, um, you know, these kind of viruses Need to, we need to look into the plant world we need to look into nature we need to look into uh, medicines that boost naturally boost our immune system because mm. it's not a fix we don't wait for the problem to happen to to look for a fix we have to weaponize the body and and put our bodies in a in a pathway that any kind of um, pathogen or virus cannot be able to uh, you know depress the immunity of our body by making the choices to 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 uh, strengthen our body's immunity to natural sources you know so during this time I was pushing out a big message of uh, people focusing on how instead of sitting down and washing your hands constantly and putting on a mask that of course is great you know it's it's, it's a reaction to the, the 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 state of things right now but what are you doing for the body that is going to be deal with this whole uh problem you need to put the you know start eating right uh you know taking care of your body getting good sleep nutritious food organic food uh making sure that local remedies too you access all these ask a bigger you know uh program of elevating your immune system to be able to uh engage with this you know so that was kind of what i was pushing here and it, you know it really got a lot of you know people like right now there is uh, madagascar is one of the countries that literally everybody that suffered from any cases of covid has been cured full on mm. and it was through traditional remedies that uh, you know, came from Madagascar and, uh, you know, the the power, the power of neem tree, people are finding that a neem plant, you know, you know, has become like a cornerstone for a lot of the treatments that are going on here. And also, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, because every country is figuring out ways to really deal with it. And I think that when people can, you know, take more vitamin C or eat more fruits and You know, you know, pump their systems with vitamins, and you know, they they will be able to, in addition to washing their hands, and you know, you know, following all those other protocols. You know, I think that that is how most people are now dealing with it. You know, so we had a lockdown for a long time, and it was recently lifted. But you Mm. know, there, there was initial fear, you know, like prevailing fear, which is there. Which for me, I think that. The fear is, has actually become much more potent than the virus, and I always say that the fear is actually the real virus. Right. You know, so you have to be able to, you know, understand that this is, you know, another bump in the road in our human journey. But, you know, life must go on. You know, you just have to focus and strengthen yourself, and um, and and hopefully we will get to you know, the other end of this, if people become healthy enough, mm-hmm. that they cannot even be, infection is not even, an, you know, a top, you know. And yeah. I think that as we can see by the nature of this virus that most healthy people, you know, it doesn't really even affect them. So we should just focus on, you know, empowering ourselves rather than, you know, thinking that there's always a quick fix that anytime we have a problem, we can go and we have that quick fix and that quick fix. I think that the, the eternal vaccine is to embrace nature and use nature as a means to uh, strengthen ourselves against
2: all problems that are going to come out of nature. Wow. What was the name of that plant you mentioned a moment ago? For uh, neem,
0: neem, neem tree. It's called a neem plant. N-E-E-M. Mm. It is, it is, I mean, everywhere it's become like one of the primary, uh, you know, plants that people are using, first of all, as an immune booster. Mm -hmm. And um, also, uh, you know, everybody, you know, people are using it for steaming and drinking the tea. It's extremely bitter, but this is a tree where it's used heavily also in Ayurveda medicine. So in India, it is one of the, it's a wonder tree in Ayurveda but it's also grows everywhere in, in Africa and it's always been a cornerstone of our traditional medicine. And uh, It is working a lot of wonders here and it's part of people's uh, daily protocol in um, you know dealing with this current crisis.
2: Absolutely. Well, we sure appreciate you sharing that with us. That's Rocky Dauni, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for joining us once again on Psychotic Bump School. Uh, you have a website and you got some things going on besides all this Goodwill Ambassador business that you're on.
0: Yes. (laughs) We actually, um, I have a new video that is, we're just getting ready to release. uh, uh, I think somewhere next week is uh, for my song Champion Arise, uh, which is the current single from the Beats of Zion album. So all those uh, who are listening, you can always find the Rocky is R-O-C-K-Y And then the last name, Dawuni, is spelled D-A-W-U-N-I. So Rocky Dawuni, one word, or Rocky Dawuni, if you Google me, you can find all my catalogs online. And then I'm also uh, planning to uh, release an EP, uh, which is uh, a project that I did over the course of uh, last year. And we're going to be releasing some songs from that project uh, as an EP uh, later.
2: Well, that's our program, y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and I want to thank you for joining us this evening. Check back with us. We shall return next week. also want to thank our very special guests for the evening, Mr. Philip M. Michael Black, Tamara Harrison, and of course, my good brother, Rocky Da'Uni. Also want to send a shout out to Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board, and we're out of here, y'all. Take care.